Hey, it's time for the Golf Club Podcast. Randy Merkin here, and I'm pleased to be joined by the director of golf at the Sanctuary Golf Course, Bob Schultz. Bob, how are you? Good. How are you, Randy? I'm doing well. And uh, before we get started about um, Phil Mickelson and his amazing, amazing run to the PGA Championship, uh, I was out at your course last week and played with Brian Watercott and had an amazing time. And uh, for those who don't know, um, what a fun course it is. You know what the thing I love about it, Bob, is there's some really challenging holes that drive me nuts. And then there are some holes like the, I think it's the 11th hole, the short part three, which I, I can, I part it. I mean, I can, you know, I can handle that kind of hole. But uh, just tell the fans a little bit about your course. Um, we're a we're a traditional link style golf course, but kind of modified because we do have some Parkland feel to it. We do have some holes that actually have uh, trees surrounding that, so uh, it's kind of a. It was built originally as like a traditional, um, you know, um, uh, like British Open style course, and then um, and we've added some trees, and we've actually got a couple holes that you know, like I said, have trees that actually we call Jurassic Park our 14th, 15th hole back there um, because it's you kind of go back in this little cove area. It's kind of like a, a sanctuary, you know, not to use the name very well and. We, we've done an extensive bunker drainage product project. We've completed that this year, which we're very happy about. Um, so now our bunkers drain all the time. Um, you know, we spend a lot of money in that. So the bunkers are in great shape. And we adopted 10-minute tee time intervals out here. Um, so that just basically ensures your round gets through uh, much quicker. A lot of courses run 8, 9 intervals. We run 10. Um, so, you know, we try and pride ourselves on pace of play. But anybody can play our golf course. We have, you know, four sets of tees and two extra tees on two of the holes for our juniors and, and some, some beginning golfers on our 7th and 13th tee boxes. We have a yellow tee. Uh, but like you said, I mean, we have some very hard holes out here. And then, and then we, you know, it gets, it, there's some easy ones, quote-unquote easy ones, but we are protected by wind. Um, so if the wind's blowing, no matter what hole it is, whether it's 11 or our, you know, probably our hardest hole is 17, it's a very challenging golf course. So, Hey, uh, Bob, let me ask you a question because, you know, I play a lot on the weekends. Um, and pace of play is obviously huge. What would you tell your average golfer about pace of play? Because it seems like sometimes some guys are looking for their ball way too long or they're dropping in the wrong spot. What would you tell guys about that? Or women, for that matter. Well, generally, actually, our ladies' league plays faster than our men's league. So, um, um, so we have no problem with that. But, um, but generally, if you see the group in front of you, you're, you're, you're at a good pace. If you don't see the group in front of you, you're behind. And, and it, whatever you can do to pick that speed up, because there's a bunch of people behind you, especially at our facility, because we're a very, very busy golf course. But as long as you see the group in front of you, and what I mean by that is if you're on the, on the tee box and they're on the green, you're within pace uh, realm for the golf course. Um, but if you don't see them and you know they just teed off right in front of you, especially at 10-minute intervals, you're behind. You've got to do everything you can to pick that up to make the round more enjoyable for yourself and the golfers behind you. So um, whether it's looking for golf balls, you know, the three-minute rule or, or – a lot of people say play ready golf, um, and I don't believe in the ready golf aspect of it. I believe you get up there, and when you find your golf ball, don't go see what your buddy's doing. Just get up and hit it, um, so, and, and chase it. Um, and don't spend as much time on the greens if you're behind. You know, just look at the putt, believe, it, believe what you see, and, and knock that putt um, to what you see, uh, the target. So, and that can help you pick up. But we really don't have that huge of an issue of pace of play out here. Um, granted, we might run four and a half hours on weekends in the afternoon, which is very acceptable. Where a lot of other facilities are running five, five and a half. Um, so, and, and like I said, if you if you lost that group in front of you, don't be surprised if the ranger comes by and say, "Hey, you might want to pick up that pace because you know you should at least see them most of the day." 
We're visiting with the uh, director of golf at the Sanctuary Golf Course, a guy who I, I didn't realize, but uh, was at one time on the, the, I don't know if you call it the Champions, not the Champions Tour, but the Corn Ferry Tour. Along, I don't know what it was called when you were playing it, Bob. But um, not only is Bob the director of golf, he also gives out great golf shirts because Waddle, Tom Waddle lives for your golf shirts. And, and you just gave some, uh, you gave us some new ones, Bob, and Tom has already worn them. And he's got the, he had the hat on yesterday and he was telling me how much he enjoys your product. So if you go to the sanctuary, go into the pro shop because they've got great merchandise as well. Yeah, it's, it's uh, we, we carry, you know, Cutter and Buck and, and Travis Matthews and Foot Joy and, and uh, you know, top line stuff. So, and our logo is a real cool logo. One of my former Saluki buddies uh, designed our logo for us and, and it turned out really well and people really like you know what we offer out here too, and we 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 appreciate everybody that supports our golf shop here and our food and beverage operation and our range and and a good thing about us too at the sanctuary we have buying brand new range balls every year. We don't just add brand new range balls; we sell our old ones at the end of the year and buy all brand new ones. So you're always gonna have a great range ball to hit when you come out and use our great practice area. All right, here's a question I have for you before we get to the to what happened with Phil. Why is what is uh, so much worse about a range ball than a normal ball I would use? Like, is it just that they're they've been cut, or is it what is the difference? It's just a harder compression, uh, less compression, harder golf ball. Um, so it's more of a durable practice ball. That's why the range balls are made that way. They don't perform as well around the greens. I mean, you're fine hitting a range ball off the tee box. It's going to go forever. Um, but the problem is the performance around the green because it's a harder golf ball and they're more durable because they get hit a lot more than the average golf ball does, obviously, because after we, somebody hits them, we pick them up, wash them, and they hit them again. So it's just a more durable golf ball. Uh, performance-wise, for your irons and your shots, um, drivers and stuff off the range, it's perfect. But when you're chipping and putting, uh, you really don't want to use the range balls. You can, but you know, I teach my students and the students out here with my other staff that um, you know always chip and putt with some some kind of golf ball, preferably the one you play, the model, the, the make and model you play, because uh, the performance will be better and it's more realistic to what you're doing chipping and putting. Bob Schultz is our guest, the director of golf for the Sanctuary Golf Course. All brought to you by Tito's Handmade Vodka. And Bob, uh, if someone wants to come out and play your course, what's the best way to make a reservation? Uh, our website's eight days in advance, and then uh, uh, in person or over the phone is seven days in advance. So golfsanctuary.com, that's always the ro- lowest rates on our on our website. So uh, you know if you book your tee time there, you'll see that see our lowest rates. And we take a credit card the whole the time. We do not make you prepay for for the round. But golfsanctuary.com is the easiest way to book and to guarantee your spot. I mean, obviously you can call us seven days in advance or come to the golf shop, but you know uh, eight days in advance on our website is probably the easiest, most convenient, so easy to use. Bob, let's get to what happened uh, at Keogh Island, which was amazing. Phil Mickelson at the age of 50. He's almost 51. He turns 51, I think, in middle of June. Uh, wins the PGA Championship. It was an impressive performance. He really was in control all day Sunday. Uh, you, you know, What did you see from Phil that was so, the most impressive? Well, I'm a little biased here with Phil because I'm a master staff professional of Callaway Golf. Um, so he's a great win for Callaway, but... But, you know, you say he was in control. I'll tell you, that golf course, I, I happened to play it about six years ago. I mean, there's so many spots that you can't miss it there. And, and he, he made sure he didn't miss it in those spots uh, where some of the other golfers did. Uh, Kevin Streelman, the Illinois guy, you know, he, he was right there. And then, you know, at Kiowa, I mean, he missed a couple, couple fairways where you couldn't. The next thing, there, that's bogey or double. Um, but Phil played, I mean, four days of golf that were just amazing uh, for golf, let alone um, you know a 50-year-old uh, gentleman um, to win that event, and he's such a he's such a good good role model for the PGA Tour and for golf. Um, years ago, when the U.S. Open was at Olympia Fields, not this last time, but the time before, there was a story of a lady I know. She um, she came out, saw Phil Mickelson, ran into some store, 
and uh, she was at a dentist office. She ran out and wanted to get his autograph. And he's like, hey, hey, I can't, I can't, I can't. And this is obviously a true story. Um, I'm sorry, I'm really, I'm really running late. And next thing you know, the next day, Phil comes back with a signed glove, a signed hat, and a signed, baseball, uh, signed mm. uh, golf ball for that, for that lady in the dentist office. Uh, and I know a friend that knows this lady. And so that just shows what type of person he is. He didn't have to go back and do that. Um, he's great for the fans. Um, and it's probably the... If not the best PGA Championship, the one that John Daly won at Crooked Stick might have been the the most um, uh, the most uh, surprising one. I mean, right. I feel at fifty fifty one, but remember John Daly? You know, he was seventh alternate. He drove that night drinking, uh, smoking cigarettes. You know, drove to Crooked Stick and won. So it, it's big for golf. And Phil played. I mean, everybody looks at his last round, but I mean, he played four days of just unbelievable golf at that facility. And and um, you know, I th- you know, he's in the U.S. Open. Um, that's the only major he hasn't won. Um, so it's, he was going to get a sponsor exemption, but now he's exempt for the next five years. And I'll tell you what, everybody at the facility is going to be pulling for Phil at the U S open. So it'd be great to see him win a, the, his grand slam to get that U S open victory. Finally, he's been close, I think four or five seconds, but, um, you know, it'd be great for him to break through. Yeah. I mean, it really is amazing. And you know, Bob, the amazing thing about him is that, uh, my wife was asking about it yesterday. She's like, what made him so good all of a sudden? I said, you know, he, he dropped some weight. He kind of realized where golf was going. He changed his game a little bit, right? He's added distance. He's added club head speed. Um, and, you know, he, he, he's 50 years old, but he's not, like, lacking in anything. Like, he competes with all these guys. You know, he had the longest drive on 16 uh, on Sunday. I mean, it, it's pretty amazing. And Kepka bombs it. And he was hitting by Kepka that day. And he went to a 48, 48-inch driver that Cal made for him. And, and usually he was swinging 44, 45-inch drivers. So the longer driver is going to give him a little, little more club head speed. But you still have to be able to control it. And, and, and if you really watch that, that event, which I did on Sunday, when he chipped in from that bunker, that was everybody said it's a two-shot swing. I think it was a four-shot swing because when you're playing, basically they were playing kind of a modified match play between him and Kepka. And, uh, you know, Kepka was on that green. And when Mickelson knocks that in from the bunker. You know, you're thinking maybe bogey at best from that position. He knocks it in for birdie. That that took a lot of wind out of Kepka's sail. Now, he did come back in the back nine, but, you know, Phil didn't let him in it. Every time uh, Kepka made a, you know, made a little charge, you know, Phil just, just made sure he got up and down or made sure, you know, he made par or birdie. And, and I'll tell you, he um, it was great for golf. I mean, the, everybody was buzzing. And, and the fans were terrific. I felt bad for Kepka because everybody's rooting for Phil. But, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's what golf needed. Um, and Kepko get his. I mean, trust me, he was, he's won, what, three of the last five of them, so he'll get his down the road, and he's still battling, battling that injury. But, you know, Phil, I mean, I mean, who knows? He, that was the Phil that we've, we saw growing up. And how many more majors would he have, and how many more wins would he have if, if he wasn't playing the same years as Tiger? Right. I, I, often, I often compare it to, like, Patrick Ewing or Carl Malone with Michael, right? I mean, Isaiah how, Thomas. Yeah, or, right. I mean, like, how many more – Championships would they have if Michael wasn't there? You're right, totally right. I mean, Tiger's taking championships away from everyone. Do you think Phil has a chance at the Ryder Cup? Well, he got a, what was it, 600 Ryder Cup points for um, for um, for winning that event. So I think he will. I think you'll see him there. Um, you know, or maybe a captain's pick. But I think he'll. Um, yeah, I think he'll be represented. I mean, how can you not? You know, I mean, how how can you not? So I mean, we'll see. As long as he stays healthy, that's the key. Um, so I know he was, he was, he's got whatever, he's got some kind of ailment that he battles with all the time. That's a disease. He takes some, um, some drugs for some, um, you know, I forget what that disease is, but as long as he's healthy, I, I could see him there. So I hope he's there. 
Hey, Bob, before I let you go, I have to ask you a question just because, you know, my golf game has progressively gotten worse. I know Phil's is getting better, but um, what's the key? What advice would you give to, like, just that, like, you know, I'm, I used to be a low 90s, now I'm high 90s golfer. Like, I, I struggle with my drives. Um, I, I can no longer hit, like, a wood off the fairway. I just I either pop it right up or I slice it. Um, like, do you have any tips for, for your average hacker on the weekend? Uh, well, you asked a lot there. Well, first Sorry. of all, the easiest way to drop your score is practice your chipping and putting. That's I do that by a far, lot. By far the lot. easiest. And really practice it. Not just roll a couple putts, but really practice it. But if you're looking for a tee shot, um, what I see, you know, hit longer drives. Um, make sure you play it off your left foot. And then uh, what a lot of people tend to do is they tend to sway when they take the club back. And what we're, we've been teaching a lot of people, just bring the club back with your arms and then turn everything through. This eliminates your sway. Um, if you can just bring the club with your arms, you're going to turn a little bit, but that eliminates the big lower body sway back. And then if you sway back with your lower body, all you're doing is playing catch-up in the golf swing. So if you can just envision bringing your arms back only and then turning the whole body through to hit it, I think everybody that's the average weekend golfer is going to play better golf 100%. That is a great tip. I've never heard that, actually. So I'm going to, I'm going to try that next time. He's, it's frustrating because I, I can hit some great shots, Bob, and then I, I know that uh, I've been told by some people that golf is a second-shot game. Would you agree with that? Yes, I, it, it is to a point, but um, getting up and down, I think, is the game. Um, but, yeah, second shot game for sure, because as long as you can find your drive, you can hit that second shot. Um, obviously, the drive matters when you hit it at OB or in the water. <laughs> but, um, but, yes, I mean, if you can find your drive, you can hit that second shot. Now it's just a matter where you advance it from there. And, and, and the key, like I tell a lot of my students, is, you know, get the golf, golf ball going forward. You know, always get it going forward with, with something behind it. Um, where they really struggle uh, for rounds is, is the average guy when he, he chunks a golf shot, you know, and he, now he's hitting basically the same club again. You know, try to make a solid contact every time you, you hit that shot and you're going to play better golf because you're getting it forward. Instead of hitting, you know, two iron shots, now you're hitting driver, iron shot, and now you're, now you're worrying about your chipping and putting if you don't hit the green. Instead of hitting driver, chunk iron, chuck iron, if that makes sense. So, no, yeah, it does. Do your best to get that shot in, so... Hey, Bob, this is great. Uh, thanks for joining us. Love your golf course, the sanctuary, and uh, appreciate you joining us today on the golf club. Okay, thanks for having me.